T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. One, two, one, two, three, four. We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show. And remember, people, that no matter who you are, Everybody. See, I brought you back in like that. Little Blues Brothers. Had to catch you. I saw it. I saw it. I saw it. Larry Bluestein back with you. Danny G, 10 o'clock, having some fun right here on 560 WQAM. Glad you could join us on this Wednesday night. It, usually you hear Greg or somebody else uh, or K-Raj. Uh, a lot of uh, vacations this week, so uh, they asked me to fill in. I'm honored to do it. Love it. Have had a great time. Four hours last night, couple tonight, and then on Friday night, if you want to listen, we're going to have a lot of guests on Friday night for four hours from 6 to 10. We're already excited about that, so we have uh, plenty going on still tonight. Mike Leach, head coach at Washington State, also spends a lot of time down in South Florida in the Keys. Um, he's going to join us. A really good guy, good coach. Uh, I know that I remember when they had the vacancy down here at one time. His name was one of the names that uh, was brought up, but uh, he's doing real well and uh, starting to make some moves in, in a very competitive uh, Pac-12. Also coming up in a few minutes, Chris Chambers, and uh, we'll talk to him about a bunch of things. Uh, Chris is very active in so many things now going on and uh, also want to talk to him about the Dolphins, uh, get his input as well. Uh, Chris is, uh, you know, he does the NFL Combine, get, gets people ready for the Combine. He has a podcast he's got it all working high school camps and combines we have a chance to cross paths with him there also he's a consultant over at um, a youth school with uh, Channing and uh, coach Luke and uh, yeah so he's got he's very busy and uh, certainly doing a lot of things that I mean you look at a lot of former uh, and it seems I know that we live in South Florida but I mean if you go to a lot of cities I don't think there's as many former players especially former Dolphins that are doing so much you know within the community like Chris and you know you, you talk about Sam and, and Jason Taylor and also uh, uh, we had Pat uh, Sertan on last night. There's a lot of Ronde. So many, so many of these guys uh, giving back, and not only giving back, but uh, doing what they love to do. And Chris is certainly one of them, and he joins us this, uh, this evening. Chris, thanks so much for taking the time. 
Thank you for having me. Anytime. Uh, this is uh, for you. It's just uh, it's a never ending thing. I mean, it's uh, you know during the season you're working uh, to refine kids and teach them, and you know and getting ki- people ready for the combine. The off season are full of camps. You do a podcast. You do. Uh, I know that uh, you and Coach Rocco just got done uh, or were doing camp uh, clinics and camps as well. Uh, you like this stuff. I mean, this is. I mean, you you couldn't just be one of those guys who retire and just hang out i mean this isn't you 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 like to go back home uh, to ohio once in a while and you like to take this stuff on the road talk about that because i think that's important that yep. that that you're giving you're teaching people how to do it the right way yeah you know the, the plan was to retire and kick back <laughs> <laughs> but it kind of it kind of altered a little bit and I, and I jumped right into sports performance you're literally the year the year doing it while i was retiring because i was actually thinking about making a, a little bit of a comeback even though I was told that my hip was, you know, um, bone on bone and there was nothing right. I can do about it at the time. And actually during that time, we had the lockout. So remember, the lockout yeah, went yeah. about six months. And then after the lockout was like August, it was like, you know, Fast and the Furious was signing contracts and all type <laughs> of crazy stuff. So I just got I got mixed into all that. And uh, you know, I ended up getting released. And then uh, I thought about, you know, even making a little bit of a comeback there for a second. But then I started falling in love in sports performance a little bit. And uh, that's how things began to kind of take off there. And that's when I was able to build my training facility, Chamber Fitness. And then that's when I was working with the kids and the pros and the parents. And all that stuff started to come about the last, you know, five or six years. And so I've become this kind of this athlete influencer person yep. um, over the years. Like a lot of the kids I've been training are now like going to college and someone about to get out of college. And it's like, you know, I see them like in the community and stuff like that. So it's uh, it's really cool when you you're starting to see that stuff. So I try to make time for you know all the individuals. I have my time with the pros when they're in the off season. I have my time with the college kids during you know the combine time from January to April. You, you mentioned Coach Rocco and myself putting together a little summer camp there, which was really cool. So that's my time with like, kind of the youth. And then now I'm jumping into some high school stuff over with youth over with youth school and um, Coach Luque and Toro. Uh, who brought me over there was kind of the quality code assistant coach brought me yeah. over there and then you had uh shannon who's there and you have ed perry who just joined so it's like a little wow. fraternity for us so, wow they're gonna have some know, long really snapping kind of, over there too huh yeah we're gonna have a couple <laughs> things in the bag there so you know we're letting coach louie kind of sit sit back and just kind of see what we got going on man and you know, help, you know, manage things. And uh, I look forward to it because there's a lot of good talents over there. Chris, when you were playing, did you ever, you know, say to yourself on some of those days, you know, maybe I like to do this. Maybe I like to coach someday. Maybe I'd like to, or were you one of those guys that just focused on doing what you had to do and, you know, figured, you know, the coaches were yelling because that's, that's just the way they were. I mean, were you, were you, was there any way that you would say that you would put yourself on that spot and have that whistle and, you know, teaching these guys or was that something you really never thought much of? Yeah, you know, it started early because my uncle was a coach and my, my other uncle was always into sports and stuff like that. So I've seen I was just around it, that type of guidance. So it was kind of already kind of instilled in me. And then every year I put on a bunch of camps, a bunch of clinics. I always went back to Ohio, like you mentioned, um, to be able to go back and just give back to my area that I kind of grew up in. So I've done that for like 15 years when I was playing. I started my foundation, Catch 84 Children Achievement Through Community Help during the time I was playing. So wherever I was, if it was San Diego or it was Kansas City, I was trying to make some type of impact in the community. So it was already kind of there. And then once I got done, 
I was able to make some bigger impacts, and that's what I'm kind of focused on right now. Yeah, no doubt. Chris Chambers joining us, a former Dolphin chief in San Diego, where you really you left a big mark. A lot of people out there still uh, still talk about you. I mean, uh, how, how was your time out there? Because it, it seemed like it was a very productive couple of years you had. Yeah, it was fun. It was very fun, and just for all my Miami hopefuls, you know, I would have, I would have went up here. Owen, what were we? One fifteen that year. <laughs> yeah. I think we would have won a couple more games if I was on the team. I promise <laughs> you that much. We probably would have won a few more, but I, but I wasn't. And uh, but then when I realized the opportunity ahead of me to play with Antonio Gates, with Danian Thomas, and you know, the young Philip Rivers, right, <laughs> believe right, it or not, right, young right. Philip Rivers, they had an arm. I had. Uh, Man, we had some of the best players you can imagine on that team. Uh, you know, Sean Merriman and, you know, Antonio Cromartie. I mean, it was, I mean, Sproles, Michael Turner, Sproles still playing. So yeah, yeah, it's like, is. you know, yeah, but the <laughs> team was so, it was like going on like an all-star team. It was like we could just turn it on whenever we turn it on. We had North Turner, who was a coach who was kind of like this laid-back coach too. Yeah. You know, a lot of swagger, a lot of laid-back. So we kind of carried our personality the same way. And it was fun, man, because I almost made the NFL, NFL championship um, run that same year I got traded. Oh, made yeah. it all the way to the AFC Championship. So it was like, oh, oh, go 0 oh 7, and then almost literally go to the Super Bowl in right. one year. So it was one of the greatest years of my entire career. I mean, and when you were playing, and obviously there was, I mean, the training when you first started, when you first started playing, got out of high school, went to college, and it was nowhere near near it is now. I mean, when you look at it is what it's become, I mean, it's your, everybody specialized in this, and they go to these uh, teachers for this, and uh, I mean, it's amazing how it's evolved. I mean, but everybody looks for an edge, and certainly when you do your videos or when you do your podcast, I mean, you actually break things down. And and I've I've said that about you. I watch you during the camps, and and I'll, I'll tell Laz or I says, you know what? I've never seen anybody take their job more serious than you. I mean, you really. I mean, it, these are young kids, and you could just say to yourself, you know, what the heck? But that's not you. Who instilled that into you? Mm-hmm. I mean, was that was your family? Anybody? Was your dad? Was uh, any brothers? Any uh, coaches? Anybody was a big influence to make you become like that? Yeah, you know, it probably was a culmination of, like, everything. You know, even, like, my, my mom just from, like, supporting me and going to high school games and screaming, you know, all that type of stuff. So that she did her part, you know, that was to get me there to make sure I had the things I needed. It seemed like I had everything. And I had some uncles to help along the way. And then, obviously, the coaches. You know that. You know, the coaches, you know, the high school coaches, they're a big influencers. I mean, that's, like, the first time when you get exposed to, like, certain sports and stuff like that. And so – they are the first people that put put their hands on you. So if they get, teach you bad habits, it's probably going to go a little bit of ways. But I had some guys who really cared about coaching and taught me very good habits um, during that time. So I was able to take all those habits. Some of the you know some really good coaches. I actually had Ted Ginn Senior. Oh yeah, all right, Ted yeah, Ginn. Yeah. You know Ted Ginn Junior. Yes, yeah. So I actually had Ted Ginn Senior was my first coach, first receiver coach. So oh. just imagine all the stuff he's done. So imagine me getting the tutoring from him very early on in my career and then kind of going from there. And then I went to University of Wisconsin where we had Barry Alvarez. Oh, my gosh. If you know anything about University of Wisconsin, Barry Alvarez is now the AD now. And some of his former players are now, like, assistant ADs and, like, head coaches and all type of stuff. So it was a good, tight-knit fraternity. And we won a lot of games. And the coaching there was really – 
was really great and uh, some of the best coaches. We won two Rose Bowl championships. If, you know, it's back in the day for some of my younger generation out there. Mm-hmm. But two, it was still in the day, though. It, it was still. Yeah, it was in the day. Yeah, it was in the day. Yeah, yeah Camp Randall. Yeah. I, I was at Camp Randall one time. That place. That place gets a little crazy. I mean, the. I mean, you know, the uh, Wisconsin's known for obviously the uh, br- br- a lot of breweries, and uh, certainly they show up on those. <laughs> Cheese pre- heads and breweries. <laughs> yeah, and- <laughs> yeah, yeah, but definitely a fun place to go. I'm sure they had. They always have really good basketball at that school. It's a yeah, it's a really nice yep. environment. And then you got a chance to to, to play with the Dolphins. And uh, I mean, that's got to be really you know uh, from to be in the NFL to to learn from some of the best of the best. Uh, you look at the Dolphins yep. of the day. Uh, certainly, I mean, when you take a pick like a Devonte Parker, and I'm sure you've watched him at every single angle. And I mean, you, you get frustrated because there's a guy with a lot of talent, but he doesn't stay healthy. And uh, talk. Talk about that. Talk about what type of, you know, as the Dolphins look at 2019 with him and obviously Kenny Stills, who I like a lot. I think Kenny's a hard worker. Uh, and people like with Albert Wilson, who's like instant uh, offense. Talk about that receiving core and what they have the potential to do. Yeah, you know, I really liked it, on you know, especially on paper last year. And then when they started playing the first like two or three games, man, it was an exciting offense, man. It really was. Um, they looked like they were really going to get into some cool stuff throughout the year. But then once one guy went down, they kind of snowballed. And then Devontae didn't really get a chance to step up, you know, during that time because of some of his injuries and some of the things he had to deal with. So, you know, I'm just hoping, you know, that probably, you know, one of his well, – it's going to be the number one year of his absolute career this year where he's really going to have to do something. Yeah. You know, it's going to be a, a put-up-or-shut-up type situation. And, um, you know, he's not a big talker. So that's one thing he is not. But, you know, I'm hoping he go out there and play with a extreme amount of confidence because he does have a lot of range. And I'm hoping that he used these years to kind of figure out, like, what's the best thing for me? Who do I go for my therapy? Where do I go for this? Like, he, by this time, third or fourth, this is fourth year, this is fifth year, right? Yeah, this fifth is year, fifth so year. He needs to know exactly who he needs to be doing. His routine needs to be exactly set. He has Kenny Steele's right there, who is a constant professional on and off the field. I agree. Um, you know, he has, yeah, he has people around him that he can really – um, sprout up, so I mean, hopefully the coaches that put him in the right uh, position. So I think he'll have an opportunity to break out this year, you know. Uh, and then you have the other guys around him, uh, Jakeem, who didn't get a chance to really get off, but you've seen some of the things that he can do, right. you know. And then uh, you throw Kenny in there, and you know, yeah. you got a pretty solid offense, man. Yeah, and and like Kenyon you Drake, said, I mean, I can go on and on. No, mm-hmm. I know. I mean, no, I mean they do, but when when everything comes down to it, it's the offensive line and uh, their yep. their lack of depth. I mean, they have good a couple of good front line players, and they're really good. And we we, we have a guy that's probably on his way to being one of the best uh, tackles in the game, and Laramie Tunsil. I mean, who yes. hey, you know, I mean, he's mm-hmm. certainly shown big hands, very strong. He's that blind side. He's you know, he's that guy. And uh, but certainly they got to build around him, and that's the one thing. And you. And you hit a good point because somebody like Devontae Parker, if they don't have other athletes that they have to worry about, like they did last year with Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant when they both got yeah. hurt, but having them in the lineup is always going to give the defense something to think about, which they're not going to spend all the time on Devontae. He can get off a little bit, get some confidence, and you never know what could happen. I agree. I think this is a big year for yep. him. He's got to stay healthy, and, and he's got to yep. stay on the field. Uh, just switching gears a little bit, uh, the combines, uh, you know, we, we got this the girls' combine coming up. I think it's a great idea. I think it's something that is on a uh, – it's a ground floor. It's the same – 
the the girls are going to be going through the same thing that the boys do. Um, talk about that because I think that's way long overdue. I have a lot of friends who who played football before, but they have three, four girls, so they want to see how they could elevate. Talk about this. Is this is coming up on August the tenth at Ives Park? Uh, it's a you know for the the flag football. We have like semi girls who want to play semi pro. You're going to teach them basically everything. Yeah, you know what? This is uh, this opportunity we were looking at a couple years ago. I know Last was uh, working on having like the seven oh seven. You've seen the Dolphins doing like the girls' flag stuff, and then uh, and then they start becoming in like all the schools and everything. And so you've seen it kind of trending and stuff like that towards this direction. And I'm just I'm proud to be like the first group myself, you, Last, kind of put something together like this. And we have so much experience working through, with each other. I mean, how many camps have we done? About a five lot. or six of them yeah, yeah, in the yeah. last like couple of years. So it's like clockwork right now. We're continuing to add different things to it. People are getting kind of more aware of the situation of what we're doing. And so to be able, be able to give the girls an opportunity to do some of the stuff that the boys are doing and to get some of the instructions is going to be groundbreaking for us because there are some very great athletes out there, and they get a chance to do some of the movements and some of the, the lateral drills and the linear drills and then some of the football agility drills and some of the catching and stuff. You got to be a superior athlete to be able to do all those things. So the girls are going to be able to go out there and kind of showcase themselves. Now we do know some girls play tackle. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes, they do. We do. Yeah, we do know some of them play tackle, but I think this is a good chance to kind of put them on that stratosphere to be able to experience, you know, what a five, 10, five, you know, cone drill or a shuttle drill or a, a vertical jump or, you know, all these things they see at the NFL combine level. They love football. You know, so why not give them the opportunity to, to experience the culture anymore and then get the chance to really learn from some quality coaches? And I think we'll have some female coaches out there, too, Yes, which would be great. Yeah, and that's the best thing when you could have girls who have been there, done that before. You know, you walk up and you see a bunch of guys, Yeah, you know, it's okay. But if you see a, a girl, and, and we have a couple of them, as, as, you know, Jessica Childers, who's, who plays for the Miami Fury. I mean, she's, she's a big-time player, and, and I think it's going to be really, really good to have the girls see what she does and and understand that yeah there's and you made a great point that even though that the NCAA doesn't recognize uh, flag yep. football now but this may wake them up because if you look there's a lot of uh, men's sports that they you know they want to get going but because of title nine and you have to have a you know if you start a men's sport you got to start a, a woman's sport well this woman's sport wouldn't take a lot of money I mean you got uniforms yep. you got you know this and that you play on the same fields so to me I agree I think that you know playing it at that level it's a very competitive uh, sport a lot of people love football at any form uh, i think this is a great great idea it's coming up on uh, the 10th of uh, august yep. uh, a week from this saturday at ives park i'm excited uh, chris again thanks so much for taking the time to spend with us you know we'll be always with you and uh, it's it's an awesome thing there's a lot to look forward to a lot of talent going around uh, south florida and we're just tapping yep. into we're just tapping into a little bit of it yeah, that's great, man. I'm happy to be working with you guys, man. You do an excellent job. I'm glad I was able to come on the show. I got a chance to hear last the other day. I know, and then we got to talk about what Bleacher does. Oh my God! Yeah, man. yeah, this that's a marketing. Great. That's the marketing genius. So you know, not even that. They'll get headshots. They'll get like these action photos. that's going to be on Bleacher. They'll be able to probably get a profile set up. They will. I got to talk to Laz about that if we yes. can get if they have profile setups. Uh, I think it's going to be an awesome experience. So we'll see how it go, and I, I love to come back, and uh, we'll report on it. And we'll get some good content out of it, all right? Good stuff. Thanks so much, Chris. Have a good night. All right. Thank good you. Stuff. You too. Bye.
Chris Chambers, uh, former Miami Dolphin, San Diego Charger, Kansas City Chief, uh, good guy. I, you know, I was telling Danny before that we had, uh, you know, with Chris, we had an opportunity to, um, you know, you get a guy who's had that much experience, and and where there you when you're used to working with, you know, NFL bound guys and you know guys who are at high level, when you do these camps and these combines for these kids. Uh, that just the face, you know, you could see on their face that they're learning things. I mean, and that was the one thing that when when I started going to combines, you would see kids leave and and they'd be upset and and you know they didn't want to talk about this or that and and they got angry and I go, why would you leave a an event like this? Why would you want to be upset when you leave? And it's because of the times in the forty, and it's because they didn't do this or that. And I would always tell them, I said, listen. The main thing you have to worry about is can you play football? Because if you run a 4 3 40 uh, and you can't play the game, all it does is get you faster someplace to make a mistake. So to me, yes, yeah, speed is a great enhancement. It's a great enhancement. Let me tell you something. The fields of, of players who never made it in the NFL are littered with guys who ran 4 3 40s who just couldn't play football. Flat out. Yeah, or who were 6'3", 280 pounds and could bench press the world. And as my friend said, you know what? If you have no technique, you'll be working as a bouncer the rest yeah, of your, I, I, or a body Exactly. Ball. If you got cement shoes, I can't help you. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, coming up about 9.45 or so, uh, Mike Leach, head coach at Washington State. We're excited to have him on. And One of my personal favorites. I really like yeah, that guy. Yeah, he is a good guy. He's done a lot for the game, and uh, we're excited. We're going to take this time out. When we come back, Danny and I will talk a little bit about the Dolphins situation. You heard us before with Alan Pupart from the uh, Dolphins.com. Uh, he broke down some of the areas. Danny and I will look in and you know, take our little uh, expertise, if there's any in there, uh, to, to task, and uh, we're certainly excited about it. Don't go away. Here with you up until 10. Gainesville Zone, Tom Petty. As we bring you back uh, to... Um, our show till 10 o'clock this evening. I like that. Larry Bluestein, Danny G, as uh, we thank so much uh, Chris Chambers, uh, former Dolphin, Chief, San Diego, University of Wisconsin. Uh, got some good things going on, as I said, as a trainer, as a coach. Uh, he runs seven-on-sevens. He does all that stuff. Hey, Danny, you know, a lot of that stuff that's going on right now when you take a look at the uh, a lot of these uh, – the dolphins it's almost like a daily thing with the with the with the dolphins what do you look at that? I feel like I feel like I'm in Disney and well, well, all of a sudden like look you just to, just to, you know we, we we have new studios here right so it's a little bit of an adjustment but you know at you know when you do the night show you know it's, this place is pretty closed down at that point yeah. you know so all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you got to understand, <laughs> like, there's, like, a bar. There's, like, a bar and, like, a food court downstairs, and they have live music upstairs. So it's kind of like a happening, like, like place. It's okay, so that's fine. It's cool. Yeah. All of a sudden, from around the corner comes, like, six or <laughs> seven tour. people. It looked like a tour. It looked like a tour, and they all have, like, drinks in their hands. It looked like they've been upstairs drinking and just, like, who? And I'm, I'm looking at the, do any of these people work here? Like, like where's, and I see a badge, like... 
<laughs> How did this happen? Look, How'd they get in a, here? There's Ed Huerta on East End. That's where the situation is. God bless. <laughs> I was like, who, who are these people? How did they get in here? And can I have some of that drink? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was sitting here. You know, the, I mean, here we are coming up on 930. And then I see there's never anybody in here. I mean, we just. Never. It, just a few minutes ago, it, the it, lights were shutting it, off from yeah. lack of emotion. Yeah. It's uh, it's one of the one of the things about having a new studio. But I will not complain. This is a, a gorgeous studio oh, that, that we have. It's uh yeah, it's and the, the setup. If you know the, you know that uh, 790 is now part of our, or we're part of their family and Entercom, and uh, you know they're on now, uh, uh, you know up until 10 as well. And then what you're going to have is all the stations that used to be in with WQAM, which was Waxy. I mean, which was um, um, Kiss Country, and also you had the um, yeah, Power and, and Power 96, and then over at the other building you have was Shark. Beach, Light, I think. Yeah, Light FM. So now they're all moving in slowly, which is nice. Like you said, it's good that they're moving in one, I guess, one week at a time. Because yeah, just one at a time. Yeah, because it's... it's But but like somebody described it uh, to me the other day, and then I, when this is all complete, it's going to be like Radio Row. And WQ... You know what? I'm take, I coined that name yes, for that. You, yeah, you did do it. I'm, not, I'm using... I should have said... Uh, all right, because uh, I know other people have been using that around here. Now I said, look, this is Radio row over here yeah you do everyone wants to take my everyone to take 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 mosquito <laughs> but to just let everybody know we're uh we've moved down towards miami shores area which is really nice area but the thing that's really great as uh, i think barry's leaving so you might want to tell him check on that spoon <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we we live in an uh, we're, we're located in an area here um, in a new building where the um, all the radio stations will be like in one row. You know, like it, uh, the stations like when we were at another uh, the other old building, uh, WQAM was upstairs, and Power ninety six and and then Kiss Country were downstairs. Well, here everybody's on the same row now. So AM with the two AM stations, which are on now. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. But it, but like uh, Danny was saying just a minute ago, if you walk down the hallway about this time at night, there's really, I mean, there's a lot of engineers here because they're still trying to get everybody in the building, you know, before the end of this year. So, uh, you know, so that's what's happening. You get that activity. But to see, uh, and, you, and it's a secured area. So you really have nobody that can get in or out without a card or whatever, and and you get in a situation where um, uh, you, when you see seven eight people who with drinks in their hands and stuff, uh, our program director Len would be he'd be crazy if he saw that. Oh, I, I would do to him or yeah. Carrie Ann yeah, or any Carrie of Ann or anybody. If they saw any of that stuff, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe 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 it was authorized. I don't know. Yeah, it was. It, yeah. was, just, it was just weird. Yeah, it was, it was weird. But uh, yeah, so that's a layout. I mean, and we're all one big family under Entercom. And uh, by the way, nobody nobody claimed responsibility for the spoon. Oh, that wasn't his. No, so oh. we, so we, so so we don't, so we don't know where that came from. Wow. So they adopt the spoon. Yeah, they're it. And the one thing is, and and you know, I mean, everybody at home, Danny, you know, I mean, you get a new car, you get a new house, you you don't want to eat in it. I mean, you don't want to do this and that. But believe me, 
I think within a couple, about a year or so, there's going to be lax rules. But I can understand now. I mean, this is uh, such a beautiful uh, facility. And, uh, and and if you hear uh, you, uh, throughout the day, especially here on WQAM with Joe Rosen, Zach, and the gang early on, and then you have Dono and Frito, Frito back from vac- from his uh, surgery, had, uh, surgery, and then obviously the afternoon show with um, Hawk and Crowder. And then every night you have something at night. So it's a, it's a, it's a really nice, uh, relaxing. Um, I started out when I started in radio a while back, uh, we, you know, was on the beach side and, um, and we had a huge studio because it was a it was an, a former big band radio station. So they used to have uh, the studio with the microphones and uh, really good acoustics, and that's how that's how it used to be. Now this studio is nowhere near that big, but this the best thing about this, and I've worked in I've got to say almost every station uh, AM station in the market uh, in in the past forty eight years or so. But the great thing about it, I never had a window. Never. We were always in a closed room, no matter where I was at. You know, the production room may have had a window, but we have never had a window. But now we have a pretty good view of the street. But <laughs> what the heck? It's it's uh, like the other night for the um, uh, for the Miami scrimmage uh, or for the Miami opening, the Hurricanes opening night. And uh, I think we were talking to Joe Z. And while we were talking to Joe Zagaki, uh, he says, well, Blue, uh, they're going to move the uh, – uh, you know, the practice inside because there's lightning and then I'm looking out the window and I'm seeing exactly what he's talking about. I mean, we're we're kind of a ways from UM, but still, uh, you know, at night, especially with the lightning. So that's a pretty neat thing as well. And uh, certainly, Danny, you know, earlier today and you've announced it, uh, the passing of Nick Bonacani. Um, I had an opportunity uh, to meet Nick on several occasions back in the day, uh, you know, when, when we did radio and, and, uh, and, and covered the Dolphins uh, for a number of years and, and, and got a chance to meet him and, uh, and certainly knew his son Mark. And unfortunately, I was at the, um, his uh, senior year when they played in the state championship game uh, Christopher Columbus uh, at Pensacola Woodham. Uh, the late Sonny Hirsch and I broadcast that game. It was 28 degrees on a on a December 13th night, and uh, I still remember uh, it was Charlie Pell, the former University of Florida coach, was on hand, and um, yeah, and I saw Mark Bonacani play in that game. And then obviously at the when he went to Citadel, uh, tragedy, and that's the one thing that people don't understand about what Nick Bonacani. He was just so consumed with what happened with his son that he was a pioneer he was a, a groundbreaker he was relentless in his uh, you know finding people to do research and re- you know raise all that money to do research for paralysis and uh, I mean that's I mean if anybody understands what all this advance uh, all the advancements in in, in uh, spinal cord injuries uh, the Miami project was it was it and it was all Nick I mean Nick was the guy who was the driving force behind the entire thing, relentless, and uh, you know, in the quest to hopefully, you know, make his son, uh, you know, better and more comfortable. Got all that. I mean, you know, that was the thing. People, you know, you remember him as a tremendous football player and and a catalyst during the the undefeated season. But the thing you don't understand is look what he did to raise awareness and, and to, to spinal cord injuries. And, I mean, it's it's going to go on forever. What he has done, um, just 
just all the research that has gone into it. It's it's crazy to think that, you know, and it's been done before. People, you know, the, you, you get behind something, you're relentless, you, you have blinders on, you don't care what anybody's saying, you're moving forward, you're raising money, you're finding people. And, uh, I mean, um, it, it's it's crazy. It, it's crazy to see how far it's come. Um, the passing of, he was a, he was a legend, uh what a great football player. I mean, just hard-nosed guy when he came back from the Boston Patriots and he played down here. I mean, this is a guy, Danny, that, I mean, you know, he brought it all. Every single game, hard worker, very intelligent, uh, vocal, uh, a leader. I mean, you, you, Very unselfish guy, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. in everything. I had a friend of mine who was really close to him, and he was always very helpful to that family, especially when they had some loss within it. Um, but I remember a couple stories about Nick Bonacani when he, on his playing days. I remember the Dolphins beat New England. You'd probably remember this game. It was like 1972, 73. Right. They beat him by like, I don't know, 30-some-odd points. I, you, Mercury Morris had a big game. And Mercury Morris was quoted as saying that Nick Bonacani would come up to him and talk to him, hey, uh, you know, those guys up there, they don't, they're going to get you today. They're coming after you. They're going to put a little bit of a bounty on you. And that kind of got uh, Merck fired up for the game. And I think he had, like, you know, over 100 yards and three touchdowns and a big, furious spike in the game. But that just shows you the kind of teammate he was. And also, I remember him watching his Hall of Fame speech. And, and I think one of the great travesties uh, in football is the moniker no-name defense for the 1972 teams because it has taken away a lot of great individual performances from guys like Manny Fernandez, from guys like Bill Stanfield, Doug Swift, Dick Anderson especially. Yep. I mean, these are guys that you know could make strong cases for the Hall of Fame, but when Nick finally got in because he just kind of had like the name recognition and everything behind it, you know, his main point was that this isn't just my bust. This is a bust for the Dolphins' no-name defense as yep. everybody. So when you look at it, you're not just looking at me. And that just shows the kind of teammate and unselfish guy he was and just what he meant to the South Florida community, and we lost a great one. Then. Yeah, yeah, we did. And you rattled off a lot of good names. that uh, You see a lot of the younger generation excluding yourself because you're out of the realm. You 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 go back a long way in reading a lot of stuff, and that's great. I find that very intriguing. Uh, and, and but having lived through all those names, and wow, it, it was you know what the Patriot fans are going through now, and uh, the Dolphins were going through for, in a smaller way. I mean, they didn't. They didn't dominate. I mean, it didn't last twenty years. Yeah, it didn't dominate every year. But you know, early seventies, uh, Shula, uh, good drafting, great drafting. I mean, back then uh, they had what a scouting staff. I mean, and and they got, they came up with tremendous guys. You know, picking Mad Dog, uh, Jim Mandich, uh, back in '69 out of Michigan. Uh, you know, yeah, for the seventy draft. Was, Mad Dog didn't even start on that team. That was more Marv Fleming who yeah, came, who yeah. came, who was actually a Lombardi disciple, came over from the Packers, a beast. And he was, but he was the block. But then when you could just bring in Mandich in the pass catching situations, I mean yeah. that was just a, that's a, that's a, that's a tight end marriage yeah. right there. Yeah, Mad, Mad Dog. I mean he exemplified what uh, Shula. He was a tough guy, you know, and 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 that was the that was the that was the neat thing. He was a tough guy. I'll tell you my one quick Mandich story. When I first got into this into this in the industry, Mandich was kind of on his last legs around here, and I remember I was running the board. And something happened. I don't remember. Something happened, and it was like a mistake. It was kind of my fault, you know, whatever. And it was just kind of like piling on me, and I had to like mix things up. And Jim walks up to me, and in that voice that you know you've been I've been listening to my entire life, just looks at me, and goes, tells me, Danny, let me give you a piece of advice. <laughs> he goes, whenever something goes wrong on the show, 
Don't worry about it. Handle the next thing that comes up, and the next thing comes up one at a time, and before you know it, the problem will have fixed itself. There you go. And you want to know what? That has served me well ever, ever since I've gotten into radio and television completely. Awesome. Good sage words, great stuff. Uh, but uh, the passing of uh, Nick Bonacani, we, uh, you know, as a kid and remembering it extremely well. Tremendous player, good role model, and what he's done, like I said, with the my, the uh, the Miami Project has been amazing. When we come back, we wrap things up for a Wednesday evening. Head coach Mike Leach from Washington State will join us next. Radio.com. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Oh, yeah. Cheers. As we uh, come to an end of another program, uh, thanks, uh, everybody, for taking part this evening. Uh, also, to Chris Chambers, uh, former Dolphin, uh, Kansas City Chiefs, San Diego Charger, for joining us as well. Um, talking about uh, some of the things happening. And he's training not only the high school kids uh, and the future NFL players, but a lot of the college guys to, to get ready for for the combines as well and uh, certainly nobody knows uh, what it takes uh, to get to that next level and beyond uh, like our next guest somebody who uh, I've always admired a great coach uh, light-hearted guy tells things uh, how they are and uh, loves the keys uh, I know the people down in the keys uh, Key West and all the way up into the north part of the keys Always uh, speak affectionately of our next guest, Mike Leach, uh, the head coach of uh, Washington State. He's kind enough to join us this evening. Coach, thanks so much for taking the time. How you doing, Coach? Doing good. How are you doing? Good. I can't complain. Uh, you guys are getting ready to crank it up for another season. Uh, it's uh, It's been competitive. You guys have put a dent into the uh, Pac-12, a competitive Pac-12. Uh, and I know when we talked last time, you said it was going to be a little bit of a work in progress, uh, and here we are a couple of years later. Talk about uh, Washington State as you guys head into the 2019 season. Well, I think it's always a work in progress. We've got some guys back, but, you know, they've all got to be uh, determined to improve. I mean, if we just have guys back and we don't improve, we're going to just be one of those uh, teams that will talk about what we could have done, you know. Right. And... uh uh, so, uh, no, I think we have a chance to be pretty good. We've got to fill in a few key spots. But, uh, um, you know, I think I definitely have a pretty good nucleus of players. You've, you've seen this uh, – you've seen the game change so much over the years, Coach. Uh, you know, I mean, the, a lot of the different rules that the NCAA has put in place when it comes to recruiting, there's a lot of different things that have changed, uh, in their words, for the better. Um uh, do you like the way things are now? I mean, there's nothing, obviously, you're going to be able to do about it. But, I mean, do you like how things are? I, I, the one thing that I wish they'd bring back is let the college head coaches go out there in the spring. Um, oh, I do, too. I, I, I And I always thought that that was pretty good. And I would go out in the springs, too, um, you know, and just try to uh, cover some bases there in the spring and uh, – 
see some people, and uh, but I do wish they would. And, and and people like you, and and I remember where Jim Levitt, when he was at University of South Florida, and Mario Cristobal and Greg Schiano, they all loved that because what they would do is they would interact with family, with friends. Uh, there, it was it was great. They would get there two hours before, like a uh, a spring, you know, a spring game, and they would interact and they find a lot about the athletes. and uh, And I think they've taken that away. And and the one thing that I was going to say is that when you take into consideration. It's your show. I mean, it's your it's your restaurant. You would you would like to hire your employees on what you see, and that's what I've always kind of felt. You know, was kind of crazy what the NCA was doing, not letting the head coach go out to get the evaluation on the kid, to meet the people, to meet their parents. Talk about that. Well, I thought that part. You know, I mean, as far as during spring, I mean, uh, you really can't uh, do uh, too much of that. I mean, right. some of these guys that went over the line is exactly why they said they won't let us anymore. But, mm-hmm. um, um, but you know, in, in, in the, the, the thing that's tough as a head coach, you only get to see each family one time. You get one home visit uh, even during uh, the recruiting season itself. But I always went out in the spring just so our team would have a presence. I'd go out for a week and I'd see some of the highlight guys knowing full well that I may, we may find even better ones, you know, in the end that, we, you know, we end up signing. But, um, you know, just to kind of have uh, an impact out there. The one thing, if you go out as a head coach, typically you're uh, pull, pulling a guy off the road. I mean, it's not the, because, you know, you're going with somebody that's guiding you through their area. And then they're off the road, yeah. uh, uh, or somebody's off the road in order for you to be out. But um, I do wish that we could go in the spring again. And um, uh, but it is what it is, yeah. and so no doubt, no doubt. Mike Leach joining us, head coach, Washington State. You know, when you talk about some of these coaches with the, you know, like a, I'll take a Bobby Bowden, for instance. Here's a guy that on his coach's show would, you know, would talk about a player and they go, you know, I ran into his mommy and daddy last night at the banquet or, you know, things like that. And he gave that homespun type of thing that everybody liked. You know, you you felt that it was part of the family. Uh, now, you, you have a coach's show uh, each week as well? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got that. Uh, well, it's going to start up here pretty quick. Starts up at Zeppo's here in Pullman, Washington. There uh, uh, every Thursday night. So, yeah. uh, and, and there are people around the country that will listen to it uh, uh, far and wide. So it's always surprising to me on that. Yeah, I know it's interesting, and I mean, you you get an opportunity to live the best of both worlds. You vacation in South Florida, go to the Keys, which you love. I know you love fishing. I know you love the water, and then you got the best of uh, uh, the Palouse and, and and some of the areas up there with a lot of snow. I mean, I mean, you take a look at probably the snow didn't melt much before June in some of those mountains. Uh, talk about those those contrast of areas because I mean, you're you're a a, a free spirited guy, but uh, that those two areas are kind of con- contrasting a little bit well it's a really good contrast so you get the beach the beauty of the keys and it's such a unique area that that is and then um you know uh even if you want something different that's in pullman uh we're near some great alpine areas just fantastic alpine areas like uh coeur d'alene idaho you know a number of locations in uh montana and uh 
you know, we're 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 right by uh, some of the nation's uh, greatest rivers of all time. We're right uh, right next to the Snake River, the Salmon River, the Clearwater, and the uh, Columbia River. Wow! So uh, it really is outstanding. Fly fishing, a lot of fly fishing in the Northwest. I know, uh, and well, we're we're famous for. Uh, Right around here, there's a lot of steelhead fishing, and if you're a real stud at fishing, uh, catching a steelhead on a fly, they say, is the deal, you know. Good stuff. Well, Coach, again, thanks so much for taking the time. Uh, a lot of people down here uh, really always uh, have followed your career, and uh, they're, they they wanted to check out what you're doing. Uh, the best of luck this coming year. We'll be watching you, and as always, uh, keep everything going, buddy. You're, you're doing extremely well. Well, thanks so much. It's a fantastic place down there. I always enjoy it when I go to South Florida. It's great to hear from you guys. Good stuff. Mike Leach, uh, who joined us this evening, and uh, we had um, – you got that? Oh, there you go. Which ends a pretty good two hours there, Danny G. Uh, started with Coach Roosevelt Williams from ASA Miami, Alan Pupar from the Dolphins, Chris Chambers, and then Mike Leach. Back with you on Friday evening, 6 to 10. Don't miss it. We're going to have a jam-packed show. Danny G, thanks so much. We'll see you around. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.